Welcome to Reels on the Rocks, the show where your hosts, Whiskey and Sweet Tea, discuss film from the unpretentious perspective. Today we kick off Schlocktober with Ghostwatch, the formerly lost and forbidden BBC Halloween special from the early 90s. Please be advised, spoilers are ahead. everybody welcome back welcome welcome we'd say we're starting off or kicking off really schlocktober with our you know favorite horror films and horror related topics and Many, this is one you picked this is one that i picked but everyone should be aware that this is essentially whiskey's holy month like this is when he becomes he, he assumes his ultimate form it'll all you know commence on october 31st so I mean, stay hey, tuned lots, lots of really good uh stuff out there right now that's uh, true that's true you know i always you, i always looked forward to amc had like a i think they called a monster madness or something and i would always watch like plenty plenty of horror movies that i shouldn't be watching but they were edited for tv so they were fine right amc edits for tv oh yeah oh i didn't know that it was really good that's how i saw like the friday the 13th movies uh hellraiser lots of stuff i shouldn't have been watching but you know, they, also, they cut out the nasty bits. Also, if you have any, if you are from Whiskey's hometown, there are unsolved crimes in your area, I would suggest looking into him. Um, well, this right. was an interesting pick. This uh, was. So, you know, you just, you talk about AMC, you're talking about American horror films. So hopping across the pond, this isn't really much of a horror film as much as a horror TV. I hate saying TV movie because it has like kind of a negative stigma to it. Uh, but TV a, special. TV special. Let's say that. And that you told me not to look anything up about this. But as I was watching, I did remember that I had seen this talked about on like one of those list videos, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like top 10, I don't know, found footage or something like that. So I had heard of this, but it, it's very difficult to find. So even though you, I'd never seen it before. Yeah, I know. I had to send you a link for uh, for the uh, used to be considered lost media for long. So it's yeah. on the Internet Archive. In the Lost Media Wiki, there's uh, articles about this. So getting down to actually revealing the title to everybody, dropping across the pond to England for this TV special, uh, Ghost Watch. It was a special that was put out on October 31st, 1992 on the BBC. The outcry that it caused <laughs> let it to never really be aired again. Okay, so that answers what... So I was wondering, because, again, I, I had heard of this from like one of those list videos, but I didn't realize that people actually believed it was real. Yes. Uh, so that's so it's actually it's actually interesting how this all came about. Um, well, you know, first off, this is essentially what this is. It's a special kind of like, you know, you'd see in the '90s and '80s they put out specials of what is America's fascination with paranormal activity or anything, something. Right now, it was kind of in the vein of those specials. The way it was formatted, it's like, oh, okay, we're gonna do a live investigation at this really haunted house and in th- England. And that's interesting because that is very common nowadays. But I, there wasn't really in 1992. There weren't all these ghost shows that you right, see nowadays. Right, right. And in fact, the BBC, so. when the when the idea was pitched to them, they were hesitant because they didn't have anything to really compare it to. Which I'm like, that means you know you're trailblazing here, BBC. Get behind it. Uh. Right. Well, I, I mean, they did get behind it because they made it and you know put it out there. It's it's funny from a modern perspective to look back and know that people actually were fooled by this because. Well, like, and, and I know I'm coming from a background that's like able to spot like, you know, cinematic tomfoolery and stuff like that. But it's 
there there are times in the special where it feels very very like edited like for instance at the very beginning there's the oh here's the footage from the girl's bedroom and it like at one point conveniently like zooms in to the girls Mm -hmm. um and sure enough later in the special it's like oh there's a ghost hidden over there and to a normal viewer it might not be you know noticeable but especially nowadays when everyone is so used to being just you know, swimming in media. I don't even think like you necessarily have to be, have like a film background to notice that kind of thing. So like by today's standards, everyone would be like, Oh, it's fake. They zoomed in, you know, like, cause again, it's, it's just funny to me that it's like, I bet later in the special, there's going to be something off screen that we didn't see the first time. And later they're going to be like, Oh, no one noticed this. And sure enough, that happened. I was actually going to cover that scene. You know, there is, there's, there's some interesting things that they did with, um, the found footage genre sort of with that, you know, because this predates the Blair Witch Project. Post dates UFO abduction, which we really should cover in the future. That, that was on the list video too. Well, I've I heard have, of that I, one. I, I, should, I, should, I gave you the DVD of that one that I had um, for you to watch. And I remember, oh, I remember, maybe I, I watched it. I remember you being ago. like, I was very unimpressed. And, <laughs> and yeah, the, yeah. The, again, it's a different time. Like, because UFO abduction was the eighties, right? I think, yeah, I think it was the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, just having television in your house was a luxury back then. So, you know, it's easy for me to sit here today and be like, oh, obviously it's fake. But back then it's like, especially like if you're treating it seriously, it's still the point at which for me in this special spoilers for like the end of it. But the point at which I feel like it should have been obvious this was a television special was when like the world is ending, like this giant seance is happening at the end. And it's like, you know, unless you just are one of those people who's already very like much believing in this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd be sitting at home and most likely nothing is happening in in your home. And and you just see like all of this, Oh my God, we're getting tons of calls. And like the, you know, the, the studios just like being, there's poltergeists everywhere and ah, there's ghosts everywhere. So like, that's the point at which I'm surprised people didn't like realize that this was a Halloween special. Right. Well, and also, you know, I mean, I'm really going to get into um, a lot of the things because this really did sort of play with, the, the the limitations of technology at the time to really sort of sell this. So Absolutely. Ghost Watch, as I was saying, was set up as this, you know, kind of inform- this kind of fun sort of, it wasn't really fun, but more of informational documentary. It wasn't really a documentary because it was supposed to be happening live, but, you know, very inf- it's a very informational program just about the paranormal and, in the, this case, Britain's fascination with it, they had the you know the main host. He was speaking with you know a paranormal expert, and they were going to have a live investigation at this super haunted house. Which, if any of you have seen the miniseries The Enfield Haunting or have known about the Enfield Poltergeist, it's it's it really is sort of kind of takes a lot of cues from that ghost story out of England. Or if you've seen The Second Conjuring, that's what um, that story is based on. Um, and in that case, that was sort of a case where depending on who you talk to, it was either real or entirely fabricated. But so essentially you, they're doing this and, and the spirits at the house in the investigation they're doing sort of take over things and it becomes a very, very dark and unsettling ending, which can be, as we saw, um, as we'll get into, very unsettling for many viewers. There is some point like today that we're just like, oh my God, this is clearly fake. There's several reasons why that even though that was happening, 
people thought it was real, and I want to get I want to get right into that. Okay, so the show uh, was starring uh, Michael Parkinson. He was the would be the MC in this program. Okay. He was essentially, basically, from what I've read, so not British, but he was kind of like Walter Cronkite in Britain or Barbara Walters, a very well-respected, you know, not somebody who was known to put on a fictional show. So we already had that. It's like, we, like for example, people wanted to hear the news from Walter Cronkite here in the U.S. because, you know, he was known to be the voice of truth and of honesty and integrity. So he kind of already carried that sort of weight with him. And again, this is presented as a news program, which you would be common to see him in. Um, and then we had Sarah Green uh, also playing herself. She was a children's host for a children's TV program on the BBC. And then we had uh, another, Craig, I believe his name is Craig Charles. He was a stand-up comedian and he was on a sitcom at the time. I'm trying to think, think it was called Red Dwarf, I think is what it was oh. called. Oh! Yeah, he was oh, in that. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. So he was that. So, you know, he he was kind of brought in to sort of, you know, bring some, you know, lightheartedness to and it. who was he? He was... He, he was the, he was the, at the haunted house, he was the, um, the outside reporter who would just interview people who were outside oh, the house. Oh, he was like the dude pranking people. Yeah, he was so, the one okay, pranking was, people. Okay, makes sense. And then, and then we also had... Sarah Green's husband, I believe it was Michael Smith or just Mike Smith. But so, like, all these people were, like, so they were really married. Like these, They were really married So they were life. playing themselves. They were still okay. playing themselves. So everybody basically played themselves. Okay. That makes me, that makes me able to understand the, uh, the hype a little bit more. <laughs> the, the way the script was originally written was uh, the character of Mike, Mike Smith's role, and it wasn't included, but uh, when Sarah Green came on board, he also read the script and loved it, and he, they so they wrote him in, and that really sort of just adds a whole new level of, now I, wouldn't, I don't want to say drama, but it, it, ups, it, it ups the, oh, I forget the, what's the word I'm looking for, the tensity, that's the Oh, word. the, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, of course. Now I'm, people. What people? What people say? It ups the ante. That's ups the ante. Uh, the uh, tension. Suspense. Tension. Suspense. Tension, and suspense. suspense. And it kind of ups that, especially when you see how he starts behaving when uh, Sarah's character might be in danger. So you know they have this whole this whole investigation, and you get to a point about three quarters of the way through the program where it's basically like, oh, this was clearly you know a hoax or whatever. And you there's know, like other things I notice. Well, and again, this is like. From well, no, no. I mean, I mean, within the, within the program, they kind oh, of I, oh, within the, okay, yeah, within so. the program, they like okay, this is a hoax, and even uh, Michael Parkinson starts to grill the sort of the paranormal expert and be like, okay, you can't really you know deny what we just saw. We just saw this, you know, basically just faking ho- it, just making j- noises, just faking it, making noises. There, so there's that. So it's kind of like okay, this is, and then they sort things sort of just immediately pick up again. And it, there's some good setup and payoff with that though, because uh, earlier in the again, if you're if you're coming at this knowing that it's a TV special, that there's some kind of uh, good writing, but also such good writing that you can kind of tell this might be fake. They set up earlier on that whatever this spirit is can uh, like make itself look like other characters because there's the whole bit about the mother tucking the girl in mm-hmm, and just staring mm-hmm. at her. Mm-hmm. And then the mother's like, I was downstairs the whole time. So like, if you know that this is fake, then, you know, great setup and payoff. Because obviously the little girl making noises isn't actually, you know, the real little girl's still in bed and whatever that right. little girl is. Right. But also it's very convenient, even in like uh, more modern, like real quote unquote, like ghost video or ghost shows and stuff. Uh, things don't get wrapped up so neatly the other thing as far as this feeling kind of more like a scripted program again like i i have the benefit of 
it being like 20, 30 years in the future mm -hmm. and more modern technology. But some some of the uh, acting from some of the actors, I the TV people are pretty good, but like the uh, the haunted family, there's some monologuing the, from the yeah, mom yeah. that to me felt very uh, acted. I will say that there was uh, there were uh, there were a couple good, and I think they did a phenomenal performance of some of the people they interview outside. I, I will say, I will yes. agree with you. The the family oh. just there was that one scene where I think Craig Charles is interviewing the is interviewing these people who like I guess live in the neighborhood, and they they're like, oh, you know, there's some stuff going on, and then you know, this is TV special. You're just expecting to hear like, oh, you know, there's we've heard screaming from the house. That's not what it is. Oh yeah, there's dogs that showed up dead, and then their guts are just you know spread across the ground, and I was just like. That got dark. Yeah. That was just some brutal honesty well, right there. And I, I do think moments like that are, are what kind of help sell it as real. And also, as far as hammy acting goes, I got to give it out to the, the skeptic guy. Oh, he was so obnoxious. Well, he was, also, he, like, he was again, the most like, unlikable person ever. Which, again, kind of goes into it feeling written because no one is that rude uh, in real life, maybe some people are, but again, I mean, like ben the, the whole, uh, the whole back and forth between him and the para, uh, parapsychologist or whatever yeah. is so like, Oh, of course they know each other. And of course, you know, again, it, it feels kind of convenient. So like looking at it, it's sort of like, really like you, you have these two people who've like butted heads in the past and they both happen to be on this program. Yeah, the well, guy's super condescending. I, well, I mean, in, in, the, just in, like, in defense of the program, I, if, if I was looking to up some TV drama, I would put people who have butted heads in the past up Oh, together. yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that it is bad writing. I'm saying that it comes off as fake. Okay. Because in real life, and this is something you see, like, in, like, good uh, mockumentaries and mm -hmm. stuff, like, a lot of it is, like, relying on uh, improv. Because if you write something for someone to say, uh, mm -hmm. even if it's like well done, it's not going to come off as off the cuff. It's going to come off as like someone wrote that, you know, yeah. like when you watch like real documentaries or real interviews with people, they're very sloppy, like they can't uh, articulate themselves very well. And yeah. it just feels more like natural. So like that's one thing. That yeah, and maybe there was some improv to this show, but again, it's not bad writing. But again, this kind of just goes into me being surprised no one could pick up that this was right. fake because to me so, it feels very written. Yeah, you know, I do feel like like you said today, it's very obvious to be like, oh yeah, this is clearly staged. This is clearly not real. But, but you'd but, be surprised but, but, that I did like it. That, I know I was. I thought I literally thought what he was to come and be like, okay, this is the most garbage thing I've ever seen. What did you make me watch? Because I showed up UFO abduction and that's a very near and dear piece to my heart. He was like, well, I really, the fact that I don't remember <laughs> it super well is probably part of the problem. I'd like, this had good production values from being on the BBC and like all the special. Oh, it, was, it was the BBC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, that's the thing. Like the, the production value is better. Like, even if I don't believe that it's real, like the, the climax, especially it was like very fun to watch a mm -hmm. uh, UFO abduction. If I, again, I don't remember it, but I'm guessing it probably just had like a couple of scenes. Oh, okay. I remember that. That's the one with the family. Right. And, uh, yeah. So and that, it's, it's like, it's based on that story of like the, the green men that like attacked that house or something like that. Think I think there's this is, like there's some famous UFO story about like a bunch of aliens like like attacking this small cabin in like rural Georgia or something like that. I think this actually might have spawned that story. Possibly, uh, but, but anyway, but I mean, I, that, I, that's that, that, I remember that. that that's one, a, but, that's the that's beside the point. Uh, but you know, with this, so you know, with this one, eventually ends with um, the chaos. Idea, with chaos. <laughs> 
So we have the children's host who's drug into this closet under the stairs and is presumed killed. We have her husband who gives a very who gives a very convincing performance of freaking out over this prospect. This is where at least you know today a lot of us are just like really I with, with that- Michael Parkinson becoming possessed and like we but like I said with him being such a serious news person who hasn't really done something like this. Well, what I thought was like well, yeah. what I thought was clever about the ending was the idea that the television program basically was a seance yes and that was where the chaos came in because it was like since millions of people were tuning in it created this super seance that like you know oh people in their homes are being possessed in poltergeist activity and stuff and and in the studio you see stuff getting knocked over and all yeah and again this is where i would be surprised that people aren't like, oh, this is fake. Yeah. Because this isn't happening in my house right now. But whatever. It was a different so, time. It was so a simpler time. It, it was a different time. And but I thought that was cool. And I love And you'll be it, surprised yeah. to hear this, but I think they should remake this because today you could do so much with that ending. Like yeah. imagine if they did this as a special and either they did something with smart TVs or you could download an app. George and then it like the, at the end possessed. of the program, like your phone goes nuts or something yeah. like that. Cause this is a cool idea and it's a shame that they've kind of buried it. Cause I think that there's a lot of potential, even though now everyone tuning in would know, Oh, this is fake. Right. Because ghost watch was so, such an infamous incident. So let's see. So, yeah, so let's, let's look a little bit into the background of this. So this was originally pitched by Stephen Volk. He wrote, and I believe directed this. He went on to work on a lot of other, you know, sort of paranormal themes programs in the UK. But you know, he originally conceived this as a six-part series where they, you know, would sort of do a documentary about this supposed haunting in this neighborhood in, like, the UK. And then, you know, it would culminate with, a, you know, a live investigation. And then it would sort of all kind of, like, it would proceed as we saw. Um, the BBC was very nervous about this because, again, they never they didn't really have anything to base this on. Something like this had never really been done before. Yes. And so they're like, okay, what if we just do one episode, a, a one-time special for Halloween? And so they were like, sure, we'll do basically what we want to do for the last thing. We'll try to combine as much as we can in there to make this work. So that's what they ended up doing. They did market this as a... Real, uh, as, right? No, no, they marketed it as a drama. It was, it was oh. marketed as a movie. Uh, in paper, but again, this is before internet. So basically, in like, I don't know if they have TV Guide in Britain or if they had something else. Whatever their channel listings were would list this as you know a drama. They it had ha- Tele Guide. They had Tele Guide. <laughs> um, they had what is it called? Um, BBC One. The BBC One logo aired before the start of this, which you and I, you don't know. I, I didn't know this, but that's apparently what airs before the start of every scripted program at the time. I don't know if that's still the case. Oh wow, that really should have been a warning well, sign. Well, but, but here's <laughs> but not everyone it, it had caught that, it at the and beginning. It had, and it had a quick opening credits, and it's it's like if you miss the opening, there was nothing in the middle because if I remember correctly, there weren't commercials in this program. It was yeah, just aired. It, it just aired, it just aired like, straight through, and so you know, if, if you miss that opening, you know you wouldn't know this is real. Now they did have a fail safe that failed. Their fail safe was, you know, and if you watch this, I call this number, tell your ghost story. We'd love to hear about your ghost stories or whatever, and you know, that comes into play in the program too, with people calling and claiming they've seen things on, on, on the program. But with people uh, calling in, sharing their ghost stories, you would hear a recording of it saying, you know, just a reminder, this is not real, but share your story with us anyway. Well, you know, so many people were watching, and I don't know if this is they were panicked yet towards the beginning or not, but so many people were calling, at least reporting their stories, that most of them didn't get through and didn't hear the message. So that, so that, so that failed. And then if you 
didn't get the message in the call thing and you missed the opening, the only other way you would find out is wasn't until the very end of it when the credits rolled. And even if, I think on the recording I showed you, they, they even have an announcer come on saying, uh, you know, if you're just joining us, just a reminder, this was totally fictional. <laughs> they came, which I don't believe, I think I read that wasn't actually originally part of the program. They came on live and did that during the closing credits. This is not real. This is not a thing. So, you know, people became very panicked as they were, as they were watching this because, you know, like I said, it's like, it's, like, it's like watching Walter Cronkite come on TV and say, just so you know, America, ghosts are real. It's like, you know, there was a time when we didn't have such mistrust in the news that this would be something that would question. The news would come on, a respected person would come on, and they would essentially do this program, and you, you would accept that as fact. Well, and you bring up the Blair Witch, and it's kind of the same thing where that i still i actually do like the movie uh, a lot of people say it doesn't hold up i still enjoy it it's not one of my all-time favorites i but... remember the first time i watched the blair witch project which was about a couple years ago uh that was my first time seeing it i'd never seen it as a kid i remember everybody talking about it and how scary and horrifying it was and i watched it and i was kind of just like this is it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like it a lot, but it's not the movie. It's the viral marketing. Because if, if, if you don't already know, what happened is, like, they said that it was real found footage. They went on Discovery Channel and did a documentary about the three missing teen, like you know, yeah. college students and the Blair Witch and presented it as evidence on, you know, the Discovery Channel. It's, like, in the bonus features of the DVD, so you can see... Like they're presenting it as truth. Then the website, which was the big thing, you know, the internet was brand new. People were starting to, you know, surf the web and they had all these like clues and crazy like mm -hmm. things that you could mm -hmm. interact with on the website. So it was presented with such, you know, it, it felt so real that even though, you know, it's it, the whole idea of like these kids going disappearing, like disappearing in the <laughs> woods and being killed by <laughs> these kids going disappearing. Well, you know, um, it was, it, it was, it, it's ridiculous, but it's done in such a way. And that was the other thing, too. The uh, actors were like they had to sign like oh, a super to, NDA. So like they had to not appear in anything. And it was like, for, like, like a, a, it was a year or two, a couple years. years. Like, oh, so, so I'd be so, like, I better be getting a stipend. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so essentially that's work for like the years. thing about the Blair Witch is like, I, I still think the movie's like fun. Yeah. Not a lot happens in it, but. Again, well, it, like I didn't, it, I, didn't, goes, I didn't mean it was bad. I just mean like it had been hyped up so much. And when I finally saw it, well, and it goes I was like, into what I was all. talking about when it's like you're writing something to feel real. Mm -hmm. Like if crazy stuff was happening in the Blair Witch Project throughout the whole runtime, then you'd be like, this is fake. Yeah. You know, like if stuff's like hovering and, you know, eventually you'd, you'd realize like this, this well, is way too. Well, I think, I think I think what really sells the Blair Witch is it's a lot of it's what you can't see. Um, and a lot of it was improv, too. Exactly. Which is, again, what I said, like, when you write something to be, like, there are there, there are ethics issues I have with that movie. Pretty, For example, them withholding food on purpose. I was like... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they messed with the actors I, a lot, I'm which like, is... I, oh, okay. I, I, it's, I it's, Anyway, but getting back to Ghostwatch, you know, but, again, that was an example of something that was marketed as real. Yes. So, so real, and I think the reason why people didn't Well, you said it was marketed as a drama. This was marketed as a drama, but I guess people just didn't pay attention. Again, it's it's. I don't want to uh, assume well, people. I, people well, what are I what I think would happen is certain way, but is, it's. Is, I think I think a lot of this was was people just like tuned in. Oh, let's see what's on the BBC tonight, and they kind of just. Like, I don't. I think I don't think this is a program people really in particular sought out. But it was something that it was just okay. There's nothing else really on. Oh, look, there's an interesting special on the BBC. Let's just watch this. For so sure. you know. 
basically, you and I know this from going to film school. A lot they still talk about supposedly what is it called with uh, War of the Worlds. Oh, people, Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson. People. We. It's basically come out that essentially there were a couple people who believed it wasn't this mass panic. That, that I mean, that, most that, people know that nowadays. Yeah. Like it's it even in school they tell you like it it was not as big as like people make it well, out right. to be. But it's this, all about like it's all, again. It, it was like the radio the myth, it's trying the to like oh hey how. How amazing are we that we produced this thing that people thought were real? It was more like marketing for the radio station right. than it was truthfully reporting that like people believed well, aliens. So were... the difference between this and that one is this: th- this was really a mass panic sort of situation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's people, like the opposite, honestly, yeah, because people, in, in Orson Welles' situation, they're trying to down or upplay. It they're trying to. They were trying to upplay to kind of really build. Like, no, they were trying not... to build the mythology of this program. This one, they were trying to downplay it for damage control purposes. So and uh, they, I mean, they pretty much buried it too, right? They like, did. They, they, so they had. Did uh, they ever release it or? They they ended up where they yeah it was basically you couldn't talk they didn't talk about it for like ten years and when once the internet happened and Lost Media Wiki came about and people started talking about the stuff online then they're like okay I guess people have forgiven us we can they still haven't re-aired it but they I think released it on a DVD but I think think you can only get it like in the UK so I you know, I owe a lot of my research credit to the YouTuber Inside a Mind he did a fa- oh, he did a, he did a fantabulous documentary sort of about this so a lot of the the information that I know about this I got from him um, because he was very 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 thorough in it but you know I was Doing, reading some some interviews, and he did, he did some interviews too with uh, Stephen Volk. And one of the things that they talk about is Stephen Volk remembers, you know, they they got calls in. Um, there were people who were upset that this is that they had been you know basically fooled. They lost their trust in the BBC. <laughs> which, but I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, for us now that's laughable because it's like. It's like people say they fake news all the time. Back no, for then, sure. that was like a that was a huge deal for you for you to not believe in the BBC. Even even by U.S. standards, the BBC it's held to a much higher standard. It's a know. cool idea too, but I I kind of get where maybe this wasn't a smart idea to put it on the news because BBC One is the news. Right, like that's no, why. BBC One is there. It will, BBC is like it's just like a channel, like ABC or well, something. Well, they have BBC One, two, like four, I believe, is where they have a lot of their like good drama, dramatic shows well, and stuff. Like I, that. I think back then, even one channel. I don't know. I know BBC. It's pretty I, iconic. I, uh, I know. So maybe BBC, I'm wrong, but BBC One, at, at least at the time, was their studio for scripted dramas okay. or scripted shows. Again, it's like the more I'm hearing about this, the more I'm really shaking my head, thinking you guys should have known. <laughs> Like it was marketed well, as so a we drama. That, and it was then, listed as a drama. It was on the dramatic channel. There was credits. At, like, I don't, I don't, think I don't know. The, the, I don't the think evidence it was on, is I don't mounting. Think it was on the dramatic channel. I think it was you just, just said on, it was. No, it was produced by BBC One. BBC One. So it wasn't on BBC One then. Right. I don't know if BBC One was a channel yet. It's always been like as soon as, as whatever it, it was okay. Anytime they just talk about, it, they just talk about it being on BBC. So I'm just gonna assume it's on the classic BBC. Well, the BBC, channel. from what I understand, it's kind of like networks here. You had oh, we have NBC, FX, we have FX, ABC. FX, no, 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 FX, no, no, no. Because <laughs> you know, you know your television history. You had ABC, you had NBC, NBC you had CBS, CBS and. Fox, Fox, I think. Fox came about later. Yeah, yeah, it was the 70s, but there were four networks. They even made the movie Network about the whole mm-hmm. thing. So BBC was kind of the same. They had a, only like four major networks, but they were all BBC. So that's where you had BBC One and Two and all okay. that sort. Of. So it's the same as the U.S., but different. Like we are now called... learning. We are now learning my lack of knowledge of the way the BBC works. <laughs> so that's. Again, so, like I don't know because I I've never lived I've I've visited but I've never lived in in the UK. 
Uh, so I don't, when I hear the numbers over there, it's kind of iconic, like, oh, BBC, this channel has always been this. So I don't know if it was on the, the I, scripted or the non-scripted BBC so channel. The way but, people talk about React 2 is I'm guessing it would aired on, I guess, whatever one that the news would air on. Okay, and, but that was a bad idea. That was, but in their defense, they did they did have the BBC One Studio logo before, which I guess, but the way people, I guess, maybe airing a movie or a special or something like this wasn't uncommon to air on the news channel because nobody really talks about they shouldn't have aired it on the BBC News channel. They should have aired it on the BBC. No, I haven't really heard that argument. So maybe that really was, maybe like they would occasionally air fictional programming on there, you know, maybe to fill time or whatever. So you'll appreciate this. Um, there was actually a woman who called in and wanted compensation because her husband soiled himself ha. during the, the program. She wanted compensation for a new pair of trousers. Pooping and then, yourself's never not funny. <laughs> and then they asked... And then Com- they asked <laughs> leave a comment if you pooed yourself. <laughs> just, just, just in general. Or, you know, listening to this program. Uh, (laughs) um, And then they also had religious figures call on that says, you know, they knew it was fake, but it was irresponsible to, you know, air this sort of program because it can create activity that occurred. There are actually people that did call in and claim that it stirred up paranormal activity. Conjured a demon. In their own home, which I have my own stories about that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going (laughs) to fully, I'm not going to fully discount that as a possibility. You know my deal with that. Yes. Yes, um, the, uh, the Conjuring. The Conjuring movie. The Conjuring, the conjuring movie that con- conjured, that conjured things up. So, you know, you know, regardless of what you believe, you know, that's the whole thing. So people really did take this seriously is the point. And, you know, there is some very, very sad part of this. There was actually a young man who committed suicide because of what he watched in the program. Specifically, what they mentioned is in the program, they had a ghost that would make noises and the mother just like, Oh, it's the heating pipes, it's the pipes in the wall. And so because of that, the little girl started calling the poltergeist or whatever, the, the ghost pipes. And so I guess he was having, you know, similar sounds in his own home from the heating pipes, or whatever. So he started, so he assumed it was the same thing. So he ended up committing suicide and it, that that's really sad. It's sad, but it's kind of extreme for, it's, it, it, I'm, it is, I'm it guessing needed some, some psychological well, help. There, 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 there is a footnote there. That um, is sad. I just don't think the BBC is uh, responsible well, for that. The foot, the footnote here is he was, you know, a person who was, I believe, mentally challenged. Um, he, so, you know, he had some difficulties kind of grasping certain topic. I believe they said that he had the schooling level. Well, he was like, he, he, he his mind operated like that of like, I believe like a 14 year old or something. Uh, but he, you know, he did live on his own. He was an adult. Um, so, you know, there were some other issues there, but you know, that's still, that's, that's still, very sad. That's still sad that it happened. But I, um, I would, I would I, argue I, I, that something else could have made yeah, him like, yeah. honestly, I, 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 I just think it's a tragedy. He wasn't getting the right help that he yeah. needed from so, something. So we, so yeah, we have all this going on. The BBC's freaking out because of all this backlash and all, and, and, and everybody's, Literally every paper in the UK was running stories being like, how could the BBC do this? The BBC <laughs> betrays betrays its viewers. Do you know what's ironic is, I mean, Orson Welles started his career in the UK yeah. and came to America. Well, he started he his, learned everything he knew from them. He, <laughs> well, he started his career in the UK and he started in the US by essentially betraying people. But, you know, here we are. Well, he um, like lied. And so, so he went to the UK, said he was a famous actor Got right. into theater, then he came back saying he was a famous actor from the UK and got into radio. I just think it's funny, like he he went on to have you know this big hoax, but he he you know learned his trade from the UK. So it's right, like, ah, 
Um, the, so <laughs> they're the king of the hoaxes. So 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 we have all this going on, and then also I guess uh, so. BBC just basically started this policy. I believe they issued an apology. They just started pretending like this program never even existed. They wouldn't mention it. They wouldn't talk about it. Nothing was ever said about it. They actually went as far as to, I believe, one of the radio stations they own and said that, you know, you were not allowed to mention this program ever again on one of their own radio stations. First off, I have an issue with that because I'm like, that's, regardless of your reasons, that's a form of censorship. But that's, again, sidebar. I believe it was up for a BAFTA that year. And the BBC used its influence to make sure that it was dropped from the category and not mentioned. Which I'm like, the fact that this was recognized by the BAFTA, that says something about it. <laughs> Regardless of the outcry it caused. It was yeah. well produced. That was the other um, thing I forgot to mention that I thought was actually kind of ahead of its time. The editing during the chaos at the end mm-hmm. where you're seeing the uh, the TV cameras like glitching out and there's a lot of like weird audio kind of right. stuff. All of that, you'd see that nowadays if there was like a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Again, this was in 1992, so actually, like, that whole end sequence where it keeps cutting to, like, inside the house and you see all this weird stuff going on with the cameras, right. that was actually really good. So Production-wise, I think this is great, um, and even writing-wise, I think it's really good. It just, it's, I, it's, it's it just really surprises good. me that people... Well, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting, and, I, you know, a lot of a lot of kids tune into this, you know, they're... they're they, if this wasn't promoted, people will be like, oh, Sarah promoted it on her channel. They've gone back and reviewed the tape. She didn't promote it on her channel or on her kid's show or anything. But, you know, people will be flipping the channels like, oh, it's Sarah Green. It must be okay, you know, for kids to watch. What was and her the, kid's show called? I have no idea. I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm not saying you're not relevant. I'm just saying I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look I that far. I you did your research now. Well, she actually came back. She actually, well, you know, it would traumatize a whole bunch of kids. Because they essentially, that's like watching, that's like for us, like being like five and watching like Big Bird be murdered. Barney like, the dinosaur get just, possessed. Like on TV. <laughs> and so she actually had to come on her kids show the following weekend and be like, no, it's okay. I'm alive. Everything's fine. That was pretend. Like a couple years after this, they did a, they did a psychological study. And this is the first program that actually is, can be, you know, clinically and scientifically linked to developing cases of PTSD in children or in viewers. People were legitimately traumatized by this program. This was like, this, this was, this was, this was a... Oh boy, these, those kids this wouldn't be big, ready for what's on TV nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not that it's bad, but it's pretty tame compared well, to, in, like, even American Horror Story or something like well, that. Well, but then American Horror Story, you know, has never been... It's never been in a position to where people could argue that this is actually happening or this is dramatized. True, but the paranormal activity movies are, you know, on TV all the time as well. That's true, but they are never said to be true on TV, and also you don't have respect. No, but the, in in the movie, they have the title card that says that this actually happened. Yeah, I know, I know. It's because they're stupid. Um, no, but my point is, <laughs> well, that, yeah, I, a young, impressionable kid could stumble upon paranormal activity that's true. if they don't have that's parental true. controls, see Actually, the thing, and then be like, oh my, mommy, did you see this woman's possessed? Well, into the, I'm actually going to get right into this. And so, you know, like you said, you know, nowadays we have stuff like paranormal activity and American Horse, all this stuff airing on TV that doesn't cause the same amount of panic. And I believe it's really because this program was able to play with the limitations of technology at the time. I also One think of, that it was kind of a family program or intended to be something to watch. At least when I was watching it, it seemed like something that older and younger people could appreciate because it never crossed that line of being like super morbid. Like, you know, they'll talk about 
dogs being disemboweled or whatever, yeah. but they don't show they it. They don't show. So that probably, again, like I use American Horror Story as an example, but little kids are yeah. probably not watching. American well, you know, Horror and, and, Story. and you know, it, it may it may have been originally conceived with that, but I do think it is important to note they never advertise it as fun for the whole family. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Like American Horror and, Story and, is an R-rated show. Yeah. This and I mean, even Paranormal the, Activity was rated R. Maybe it was PG thirteen. I feel I, like it was R. But I anyway, think it was R. Anyway, most bad horror films are R. I don't know. Even <laughs> even kind of scary movies that are intended for slightly younger people, like we had scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, that movie. that I feel like just the monster design and stuff like that is a lot scarier than anything in this program. So again, no no shade to any of the kids that got PTSD from this. It's just so, interesting because by today's standards, well, right. everything on there is not that scary. Well, right, and even if something like you're talking about, if a kid turns on Paranormal Activity, sees just the you know the title yeah. cards and stuff happening, you know he can at least you know turn to an adult or the internet and just check is did paranormal activity actually happen and you'll see a bunch and of questions just be like no, no it's not you it's stupid and or, <laughs> or on yahoo answers there's a bunch of just you know young children asking the same thing i don't know there's uh, probably a bunch of yahoo answers saying it is real <laughs> there probably is but you you can look into you can find out this is this is all that's something you could do at the time you basically had print media and ironically the news to tell you what was true and not true. And again, with the Blair Witch Project, that was kind of the ironically funny sort of because if you tried to look into the Blair Witch Project, all the viral marketing was telling you that it was true. Right. It didn't until like years later, they never came out and said, oh, it's all fake. Yeah. It took a while before well, that I, became like a normal. Well, I think I think there was a point at which it became so saturated that people kind of just accepted that it wasn't. I think some people even before they even said, I think for it was pretty much like a year people yeah. thought it was real, but, and I, I would guess, yeah. I think, cause, cause by that time you started getting the copycats and everything mm-hmm. like that. They didn't come out and say it was fake until a while later, but I do think for at least a year, again, with the Blair Witch Project, they had a discovery channel documentary about the lives of these fake characters right? with their family coming on and crying and yeah. saying like, come home. So it's just funny because even in the the early internet age, well, if you like Googled Blair Witch Project, it would you know, just, just take about, you to the website. Just thinking about that, I, I appreciate it from a marketing standpoint. In oh, fact, it's still study. Right. It's still, but from a moral standpoint, I kind of have an issue with it. But you know, getting back to you know Ghostwatch, you know, one of the things that this program really kind of played upon was the idea that you couldn't go back and rewatch things, except for again, unless you were lucky enough to have a VCR. For those of you that don't know, and I actually heard this joke from the YouTuber Telltale the other day, VCR was like pre-DVD. If you don't know what pre-DVD was, that was pre-DVR. If you don't know what that was, it was You're like... You're too young. Get off our channel. Well, he, well he actually went and said, it's like pre-Netflix. <laughs> so, yeah, you couldn't go back and rewatch it. And, and you and I have the benefit to do that. So the scene you were talking about where they review the footage and they're like, oh, there's something there. If you watch that, they, they, they play it back and watch it a total... They show it once in live... The first time. So the first time the first, they show the, it. The first time they show it, there, there is nothing there. There is nothing there. Because they zoom in on the girls. Well, even before that, but even before they zoom in, there's nothing there. The second time no, they show exactly, it. exactly. But the second, so I know what you're talking about. So the first time they show it, there's nothing there. They zoom in on the girls. Mm-hmm. And it's just for the rest of the footage, it's zoomed in on the girls. So mm-hmm. that, to me, alerted me to like, okay, there's something in the corner or mm-hmm. whatever. And when they sh- review the footage, mm-hmm. 
It's then, all from the wide, yeah. like it would be if it was. Like any- even, even the fact that it started, they, they did zoom in, so you couldn't really focus on it. But again, that's too. What 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 do they use? Magic is all about misdirection. And it's, you know, it's the same sort of thing, you know, to, to guide you away from that. And then when they sh- reviewed it the second time, like I said, they showed it all wide. They actually had, you know, superimposed. It's faint, so it's not super obvious. Exactly. But it, it's obvious, but it's not, like, ridiculously obvious. The only reason so there's to something me, in there. I, my BS detectors were going off was, was the ju- zooming. just the zoom. <laughs> like, if you were trying to show, like, real footage of something, you, you wouldn't touch it. Right. Because, again, like, if you're watching and being skepti- skeptical, you can tell if they edit it or something. Yeah. So... Again, that to me, I was like, okay, this this would be scripted. But anyway, and uh, then and then so then they're like, wait, you know, hold on, and then they play it back immediately again, and the thing's not and the there. Thing's there. So it really so already they start to play with the idea of that you can't trust your eyes. You did I see something? Did I not see something? That's that that's a very very big part of this program. They they do it again when they play back. You know, um, they were like, oh, you know, here's an example. Like I believe it's an example of what like an EVP sounds like. And they play back. If you look in the backgrounds, there is, you know, the same creature that we see in that shot we were just talking about standing behind the paranormal. But again, it's not obvious. It's if you're looking for it. It's just there enough to where you'll be like, wait, did I see something? But again, you can't back up and you can't rewatch. You can't you can't do all this. Like so unless you had a VCR, but if you're gonna do that, that means you stop recording and then you, it's a whole thing. So you know, they play with that a lot. If anyone did record this on their VCR, they would have made a lot of money. Yes. Selling the heck so, out of selling it. Selling is just black marketing. Oh, this. the BBC doesn't want to sell it? Well, I guess I'd better make copies. <laughs> so, you know, they did they, okay. they they really they really did that. They played a lot with our perception of the idea that we do sort of as a society blindly trust you know, whether or yeah. not it's earned or not. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like a mixed bag. Honestly, like having having the news people there if you were just t- tuning in, you would think like, oh, it's a special report or something. Yeah. The only reason I, I find it kind of funny is, again, it seemed like before they aired this, they tried to cover their tracks as far as like, this isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real. Then as soon as the actual uh, program begun, they didn't really yeah. do anything. They didn't do anything more because like it was it was essentially a movie. Yeah. Was what it was for better or for worse. I do think that I think it's. It, it was good, at least for a period of time. I think this is great. The, the, no, I mean, I mean, I think, what, I, think oh, it, I think it did do a service for good. Is it really made a stop and really think about the sources that we have that we stop questioning? I believe a whole generation of people in the UK now are more those, skeptical. Are they more skeptical whether or not that's paranoid skeptical or just skeptical? Like, let me just double check this source really quick. And I do think it did, but. Morally, I feel like it's a gray area because there's yeah. like some irresponsible things, some things where they did try and cover themselves. Just as a TV special, I really, I talk about horror a lot, but the other thing I really champion as much as I can on this channel is originality. And there's nothing more comforting than a nice like monster movie marathon on Halloween, but I do really like when television networks try and do mm-hmm. something original for Halloween. Yeah. So I... Again, I think this would be a cool remake. Essentially, you know, what this all boils down to is this was a program that was, I would say, ahead of its time. But, and I think the fact that it was ahead of its time is why it worked. It was able to critique its time as far as the way it interpreted, as the way we as society interpret what we see on TV. I mean, this was, st- this was still back in time where, you know, now, now we have to tell people just because it's on the internet, it's not true. This is when people had to start saying, 
just because it's on TV doesn't mean it's true. Like, even I remember watching the old Garfield cartoons from the 80s. They made jokes about this. They had they had a game show on there where they would talk about ridiculous stuff, and they would always be like, and remember, if they said it on TV, it must be true. I, I think it was ahead of its time just when you see how many ghost shows there are nowadays. Yeah. Uh, ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures. You've got The Haunting Show, which you and I both like. Yeah. Sorry, A Haunting. But a Haunting. The Haunted is an Animal Planet show. Which, it's fine, but it's that's a whole other thing. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, uh, it kind of, pre- well, not predicted, but maybe predicted. It, it started this whole, like, ghost television show thing, and I, I think, again... BBC, you cowards, remake this. Remake this. this. You or, can make this a lot cooler nowadays. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it with. Do it with the with the Norton Graham show as the back. <laughs> as the back. Graham. Yeah, dude. Graham and then Norton just have the, as the host would be great. And then just, and then just have the celebrity panel that's normally on there be, become all become possessed and like eat each other. You'd have the benefit of everyone knowing that it's fake now, and yeah. with today's technology, not just with the production, like with the ghosts and everything, but also just with. Again, you could have an app that makes people's phones go crazy or something near the end when the seance stuff is happening. Right. Uh, you know, and as much and as you could get a lot of there's tons of really good like British actors on the BBC. You could do the same thing where it's like, oh, this woman from Orphan Black is going yeah. to invest. You know, I don't know what. Do it, do it, BBC. Yeah. Stop being so cowardly. <laughs> Embrace this. Make it a yearly thing. I'm sure it would get crazy good ratings and it would be a lot of fun. Have Benedict Cumberbatch be dragged into the glory hole. Just glory so, hole. Just so you guys know, apparently that's what those those closets that Harry Potter lived in are I called. Am, <laughs> I, I certainly learned something. Which, if I've you watch heard. the show, they're just throwing it around, not in a non-hilarious manner. She and gets I, drugged into the glory hole. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so you know, but you know, did some good to come out of this. He did. There, there was actually a lot of people who got into film and TV because of this. You know, well, they remember is, being terrified of this as a kid. Well, this has a cult following. It does. It wouldn't does, be on those list videos. It, you know, it, so it, it was, hopefully some of you out there know about this. Well, and I'm, I'm actually disappointed that in our history of TV class, this wasn't discussed. Because to me, this is kind of a, a big moment, at least in broadcast, maybe not for the U.S., which I'm guessing is why it wasn't discussed. But it still, it still was kind of a big thing. Possibly. It, we, did cover, we did cover the... Uh, the Prisoner, which yeah. was a cool show, and uh, but the, yeah, Stephen Stephen Volk said, you know, he's heard from people in universities say that you know every year, even before this became not the dirty word anymore that it is anymore in the BBC, but they can mention it now. Even before then, there was always some kid that wanted to do his dissertation on Ghost Watch, who was in like broadcast studies or, or something like that, and you know, and a lot of people wanted to get into this field because they were fascinated by what they saw. And there were other people, you know, who got into studying, you know, paranormal, you know, beliefs and ideas or even activity just because they were fascinated by what scared them as a kid. So I will say, you know, you know, the BBC, I will give them credit for at least, even though it was something that they were nervous about airing, they still did, they still did go through an air. They are sort of risk takers. If you really look at their history of the stuff they've aired, I mean, how soon are we all going to forget the classic sitcom, Heil Honey, I'm Home, that aired for, <laughs> you've not heard of this? I've heard of it. I just, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things you forget about until you, that was a show that was, that was a show that was canceled in the middle of its first episode airing. Um, oh man. But, you know, I will say, I will, I will at least, you know, give them, you know, some kudos for, 
taking some risk and actually adding the program, even though they backtracked immediately. And it did, at least it didn't scare them from other, creating other content. The BBC is great. Honestly, I, I feel like they the quality has always been a little possibly better than the U.S. But it's, I mean, yeah, this was cool. I, uh, except I, except the only the only British program that people have actually said is not better is people even people who were in the British office have said that the U.S. office is better. Oh, them's fighting words. I, For I, sure, trust me. And uh, I am speaking to somebody who's seen neither. I'm just saying I know what I have read people say I, about the two programs. The British, so it's Ricky Gervais. If you know who he is, he kind of it's the the British office is a lot raunchier than the American one. The American one's a lot more uh, like happy feelings kind of show. Well, I feel like the office, but, uh, the, the American office, is more you know like it kind of plays more into like slapsticky sort of humor. It's as I said, it's a lot toned down as it's a, it's, far as it's like a different the, type of comedy yeah it's a similar premise but it's a different type of comedy a, same format different jokes got it let me let i'll say it that way there's a couple of similarities like there is the the office gym character who is <laughs> pranking the dwight so they did lift that it's it's the whole thing but yeah no so but, you know, i so i would like to see this become a yearly thing on the bbc let us know if you agree. The legend lives on. And yeah, thank you for joining us. If thank you for joining us. So would you recommend this? Hell yeah. Uh, for those of you who'd want to watch, it is available. If you're not in the UK and you can't buy the DVD, it is available on the Internet Archive. Really, you can release read. it on Blu-ray. Release it on Blu-ray. Give us that 4K experience. Do it. Yeah, so recommend from me, recommend from him. You know, thank you for joining us. I want to leave you with uh, uh, Stephen Volk's, uh, a quote from Stephen Volk sort of about this. Documentaries are simply telling a story, and facts are a bonus. If you like this video, <laughs> hit that notification hit bell. That, hit that like button. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe and hit that notification bell. Tweet at us. Give otherwise, us your suggestions. Thank, otherwise, thank you for joining us, and, and we'll we will, see you next time. We'll catch you in the next one for more Schlocktober. Stay thirsty. Yes. Reels on the Rocks is a production of La Prince Laboratories. It is edited by Pat Mars and produced by Alejandro Castillo, with original artwork by Asa Sparza. Follow us on Twitter at Reels on the Rocks and tweet at us with any movies or topics you'd like us to discuss in the future. Yeah.